We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Backliners Podcast. You know I got them in the wrong order on the overlay, and that's how it goes. That's the usual coin flip whenever we've got a guest on. It's Agro and Barra, uh, as per usual. But today, we have a very special guest. It's lead designer for Smite. It's none other than Hi-Rez or Titan Ajax. Uh, AJ, thanks so much for, for coming on to talk a little bit about Season 9 uh, right before it launches. Yeah, happy to be here. Miss you guys. It's fun to just hang out for a while. I know. And we, we get a little bit of a, a late night start time so that we can, uh, now we can say whatever we want, you know, because it's later. <laughs> oh, whatever oh, we, we want. So <laughs> can we whatever or can the hell we not we want. swear? That's, <laughs> that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And Barra, if you watch enough, I think you should leave. That's a reference you should understand. But because <laughs> you don't think that show is funny, uh, you won't get it. So. Barra, well, it's not that I don't think it's funny. It's just not funny. Bear, come over here. Right. Come over here. You're you're ruining the you're ruining the podcast. Okay? Yeah, you're ruining oh, the. You like everybody the show else is here. <laughs> yes, AJ I'm, loves I'm literally doing a bit from that same uh, skit that Agro was just quoting one second ago. Like, why do you think the game is doing so well, Barrett? It's because the designer is a genius <laughs> oh. who likes. I think you should leave. Like, it's it's the it's, best show of all time. It's not funny. You're right. It's hilarious. I wish it was. Well, everyone is open to their own opinion. That one just happens to nope, be wrong. No, wrong. You're not. You're wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bear and I are teaming up on that against you, AJ, <laughs> on opposite sides of the same argument. Uh, <laughs> AJ, remind me to show you. I got a, I got Mike, uh, I got PBM, a cameo from Detective Crashmore. Uh, oh, as nice. like a Christmas present, and it's hilarious. I got that is that, that's one of the most nonsensical skits in the whole show. I love that skit so much. Every time yeah, I, I love watch it, too, bro. it's it's so it's good. So funny. Yeah, yeah, I Bear's love that part of the skit. All right, let's talk about Smite before I decide I don't want to be on a show with Bear anymore. Uh, it usually doesn't take that long. Um, so last week we we started on the season nine patch notes. Obviously, there's so much that we couldn't pack it all into one show. We talked about uh, relics and all of their new upgrades last time. So we're going to start exactly where we left off, which is with glyph items. Um, essentially, the new tier four items in Smite. Um, I guess, uh, AJ, if you just want to kind of give a quick rundown of, of how you guys got to glyph items and, and how they got to the, the point where they're releasing uh, as they are. Yeah, I mean, we were looking for new ways to spice up the item building whole process of building items we 
really saw a big positive reaction from the boots removal. Um, so we were like, okay, you know, people really appreciate just some change-ups in the, in the item building process. Um, and it's more than just introducing new item, right? It's, a, it's like trying to introduce a new twist on the system as a whole, um, which is a tricky thing to do, right? Because it's already pretty complicated, and then getting too complicated is a bit of a risk. Um, relics were a little bit more straightforward because that's a pretty, you know, standard, just three tiers, buy your upgrades. And people have kind of been clamoring for relic upgrades for a long time. But uh, this was something we were trying to surprise surprise the community a little bit. Um, Clumsy and Lermy were more of the uh, grand architects behind this design. Um, but of course, you know, I'm always there working with them. And I really like it overall. I think it does a cool thing. And um, I think probably Deathbringer is the one that kind of shows uh, its peak uh, usage and flexibility the most is where we literally took items that didn't really thrive as individual items. But when you can get their passives in conjunction with other items that you actually want, um, that would be really exciting. Um, but then also, you know, all the rest of them have a lot of new passives. So it really, like, it did a couple unique things all for the game um, all at once. And I'm just really excited to, you know, it's going to be a process, right? This is a very new thing. There might be some parts that are too strong or too weak, but we're, we're always open to making changes as we go. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that tier four items basically are something that players have been asking for for a pretty for a pretty good amount of time. And I think that introducing them in a limited fashion like this and the way that they've been implemented is uh, a really cool and interesting way to do it. Um, Bear, any like overarching thoughts on Glyphs before we get into the specifics? Yeah, I was going to say I, I just love the idea of just more pathways and more things to think about to build as long as anything's not blatantly overpowered to play as or play against it's fine obviously but i like i was a big fan of the relic idea like i mean even in season one i loved it like just the fact that you get beads for aggression is just really cool and the fact that you guys went down like the whole relic list and added like everything just makes the game so much more unique in my opinion and the tier fours of items in my opinion are the same direction of uniqueness and putting more thought into your actual builds instead of just like herder i'm adc i've been building the same things like let me like spice this up a little bit and i love that direction yeah i think um in the amount of play testing i've done and and pts play and that kind of stuff Every game, I'm like, oh my god, there's so many ways I want to be spending my gold. Mm -hmm. And it makes the game feel really dynamic. That it isn't as simple as back, buy the item that I can finish, and buy some wards and walk out of base. Yeah. <laughs> I really have to like think about, you know, is it worth upgrading my Jotuns on the character that I'm playing or against their comp? You know, do I need that mm -hmm. ability lifesteal on, on one of the Jotuns upgrades? Or is it more important for me to spend my gold on my relics at my second items spike or you know six items like I, I don't know i think that it just opens up a whole lot of really interesting thought paths and that's what makes me really interested in mobas is these complex decisions um and uh, and so i think that's really smart and i also really um i thought it was a really smart idea to not give these items any stat upgrades um mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. only passives for their gold um yeah I really like that direction. Uh, I mean, some of them kind of give stats through their passives, like the you know mm -hmm. protection conversion on amulet right. stronghold, and so there's some of that, but it's still it's not as much as if it had stats on top of those, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And you just kind of like 
it's an interesting place to be with these items where we didn't introduce a ton of them. Um, it's not something we wanted like everywhere across the game, but we did try to introduce one that pretty much every god in every type of role or type of position would have at least one that's interesting to them, or yep. at least you know mm-hmm. possible to build without completely throwing off your plan. Right. Um, which gives you like a good level of decision making for the introduction of the item, right? Imagine if every single item had a tier four upgrade, but uh, two tier four upgrades, but you could only like buy one. You know, that would just be a huge amount of things to be introduced, a huge amount of them that would never get used to, right? right? Because you'd have to limit them or else you have the full build. So, like, a lot of times, you know, I like to come on here when I get the chance to talk to people and just explain a lot of things that people like to suggest, but they don't really think about all of the possible domino effects that could happen from designing a feature that way instead of the way that we did, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. People are really good at finding out the flaws of, desi- of the way it is designed, but <laughs> not so great about finding the flaws about the other ways it could have been designed. Yeah. Um, AJ, but, come on, know, man. Sure. Just, just casually triple the amount of items in the game by coming up with two extra items for each <laughs> item in the game already. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I think it's a reasonable start, and it's like, um, it gives us a lot of room to maneuver, which I think is really good because this might players, our Smite community, we're a really tight knit community, and players like to be able to have an impact on these on the direction of these types of features, which is which is really cool. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get started then. Um, we'll start off with the Heartward Amulet upgrades. The first one is Amulet of Silence. This one you gain a stack each time an enemy within 40 units casts an ability, and at five stacks, your next basic attack against an enemy god will silence them for 1.5 seconds. This effect can only occur every 45 seconds um and that and your other option for amulet upgrades is amulet of the stronghold where 20 percent of your physical protections are converted to magical protections um Bera, any initial gut reactions on which one you think is stronger and in what types of situations um the first one seems kind of awkward to use uh mainly because it's your basic attack that has a silence and i don't know how I see a lot more support players buying hardware than I see solars buying hardware. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to picture like a support reliably doing this. Like maybe you can get a lot of value on like Sylvanas or like characters you can easily get that auto attack off. Emoja. Of. Yeah, yeah, Emoja as well. Yeah. Oh, that character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love that character. The most nerfed um, one in the game? Yeah, you don't have any problems with her anymore. You're fine. Yeah, yeah no, she's actually... I actually forgot about her. She's still good. It's <laughs> weird. Um, and then the other one, obviously, it's, like, very straightforward. Um, you're just getting prots off of your magical prots. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we wanted to introduce or, something yeah. here that just gives uh, straight-up supports something that they just know they want with, like, a lot, a lot of protections and a lot of times heart ward, just because physical mm-hmm. protections tend to be valued a little bit more than magical. Um, we wanted to give something that the supports really wanted. Just if you're trying to go full tank, simple support, the stronghold one is definitely good for you. Silence was obviously the one that's like has a lot more unique um, flavor mm-hmm. to your play style or your um, god choice. But you know, I think it has a lot of potential. Like, imagine just pairing this with any any traditional support, like you know, Geb blinks in, stuns everybody, but then he could follow up on hitting someone else with a basic attack to silence them additionally longer after that. Right. You know, Sobek, Sobek plucks someone back, and as they're trying to run away, he just wipes you with his axe once and puts another <laughs> silence on you as you're trying to get out of there. Um, you know, you can do some pretty interesting stuff. Bacchus can belly flop you, and then as soon as you land, silence you just a little bit on top of that, right? So yeah, it does have a lot of interesting applications for support, but um, we might actually see it in solo too, you know? Yeah. Sure. Uh, question about this item, do the stacks stay on you? 
Or how do those work? The stacks stay forever um, until you okay, use cool. the effect, kind of like a polygon oh, okay. or something. Yeah, you hold it up, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I don't. I don't believe it's consumed on a miss either, which is something that is okay. done on some cases. But I, I'm pretty sure that's not the case here. Okay, yeah, I was cool. thinking like maybe it's got him way better though. <laughs> maybe like Vamana, you know, you want to be building a lot of physical protection on him. You just like splash an amulet of the stronghold, and then like six physical defense items, and now you're tanking <laughs> everyone, and you've got power mm -hmm. and attack speed because of your passive. Um, yeah, I played uh, I played a Ymir game recently where I was thinking about going Amulet of Silence, and then because I was really tanky and didn't feel like I needed the Stronghold passive, but I was like, I've got a lot of CC already. Do I need to silence them for another one point five? And I was like, Yeah, mm. of course I do. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Well, um, Ymir is kind of weird because you want to hit start hitting them right away, so you would kind right. of overlap it with your stun potentially, which wouldn't be as good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, but I think that both of these have. Some interesting things. Uh, putting you on the spot a bit here, AJ, because I also don't know how it works. Athena Reach. Can I silence multiple gods with this? Oh, man. Athena Reach is such a mess, that ability. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it has so many unique interactions that are hard to tell if they'll consistently work. Fair enough. Um, I honestly don't remember if we've... I think we've specifically ruled it as a basic attack, so mm. it should... I don't believe that this would silence multiple targets, though, because it, it should consume the hit. stacks and go on cooldown on the first hit. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Um, but there is often um, bugs where Athena's reach does not proc basic attack items that it's intended to proc. So, you know, gotcha. that might be one. I don't know if it might have been already caught in PTS. You know, someone might have found it. It might, it might work as intended. Or it might be one that we uh, I'll be hearing about soon. You know, <laughs> fair enough. You shut up the podcast that this is supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you so glad when you when you do the podcast, AJ? So now you get to get yelled out about even more stuff. Uh, it's okay. At least I've set myself up for that. This one might have that's that. That's true. That Clip might that. have that issue, but exactly. Hopefully, that that definitely feels like a strong. Combat. But that is a cool place also to apply this ability on, but or this item on. But this one's definitely much more specific to your comp or your playstyle than stronghold. Yep. Yeah, and if they've got a lot of channeled abilities, adding an extra silence feels really good. Um, yeah, but honestly, yeah. Amulet of Silence is the way that I like. Like that's one of my favorite glyphs. Honestly, I like the way that one plays because it is really unique and really like specific to your playstyle or your team comp or your god choice. Whereas mm -hmm. we were trying to avoid making as many glyphs that were just like feel like you just want to buy this 100 of the time every time right. on the entire roll. Right. Yeah, I think that there is definitely a good strength and weakness um, for both of those, and and I expect both will see play depending on what they're playing against or what you have. Um, mm -hmm. Next up, it's Breastplate of Determination. Each time you are hit by an ability, gain a stack of five protections that corresponds to the damage type you were hit with, up to a max of four of each type. Once you reach max stacks of both kinds, gain a burst of 20% movement speed and double your protections gained by this effect for eight seconds, after which all stacks are removed. So this is not going to be particularly good up against, uh, you know, four physical compositions and that kind of stuff but very good against balance team compositions. Oh, I was supposed to read both at the same time, sorry. Breastplate of Vigilance <laughs> is when your ultimate ability is finished casting, you provide an aura in a 40 unit range around you, reducing basic attack damage from enemies by 30% for five seconds. Which has been nerfed to 15%. Which has been nerfed, yeah, cut in half. 10%? Let's go! 15. I can't remember what we nerfed it to. Hold on, scrolling down the patch notes. Yeah, I'm reading the originals, so sorry. Yeah, you can... Uh... I got, I got, I mean, I'm here on the... On the... The, the doc, wow. yeah, the uh, the official doc. Well, I'm here on the uh, the public facing um, patch sure. notes. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to accidentally spoil something. Um, but basically, once you all you then get an aura around you, 
Yeah, 15%. Sorry. Yeah, cuts it in half, 15%. Um, obviously, 30% breastplate of vigilance was very strong, but both these breastplate up- upgrades look pretty good to me, Bear. I, I don't think I'm going to be really upset about having either one of these if I'm a character building breastplate. <laughs> yep, I completely agree with you. In the testing I was doing, did uh, determination get changed at all? Or like buffs, nerfs, or anything? No. Okay, both felt both felt very good like mm-hmm. i was definitely feeling extremely tanky with both I was, I was expecting vigilance to get nerfed and i'm kind of glad it did mm-hmm. because that item with shell was literally making adc's do you were tickling them mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but the determination seems much more reliable because the stacks don't go away and so a lot of times i would just run at the physicals and just keep those prots and just uh, they couldn't do damage to me, which was really enjoyable. And also the passive of the 20% and then doubling it, like if you do reach the max max stacks, is very, very, very good. Um, so I think both these upgrades, even though Vigilance got nerfed, I still think 15% just because it's an aura around you is still very good. Um, and then Determination, I think both these are sick. I think both these have a lot of values where you can just buy them in any slot, in my opinion. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about determination is that, it, again, it adds a level of, can I, as like a solo laner with this, can I try and set myself up so that I get procced in a Gold Fury fight? You know, can I intentionally mm-hmm. step up and if I need two stacks of magical, you know, can I bait the enemy's uh, guardian or mid laner to hit me with a, an ability that doesn't deal a lot of damage to me to then set me up to engage on my blink timer and then be able to proc this and double my protections from it and get my movement speed and all that kind of stuff. So it's just yep. another another way to make a play happen that probably you know is not going to show up to the to the average viewer that kind of stuff and and honestly I'd probably miss it casting cuz it's it's hard to do so sometimes but um it, that you know it's like setting up your Osiris passive to be at the right time and that kind of stuff. It, it's those little things that I think allow you to min-max a fight. Uh I think determination mm-hmm. does a really cool job of that. Mhm. They are, but first of all, they're exciting because putting passives on Breastplate of Valor is exciting, right? Yeah. It's something that's kind of something that people uh, suggested to us often. They're like, how come these items only have CDR and they don't have a passive? Um, we felt that just adding a passive to them as a regular item was going to probably push them over the edge. So working that into the glyph system made a lot of sense because now there was a relevant cost increase as opposed to just making this a 3600 tier three or whatever, which would have felt really bad, I think. Right. So that's really cool. Um, I do like the way you mentioned breastplate determination. I like I love determination because I feel like it can be a fine mindless item too. You could just buy it if you don't want to pay attention and you're like, you know, okay, I'm gonna get hit with stuff, but I'm gonna get protected and then sometimes I'm gonna go fast. You don't really have to think about it that much. <laughs> right. And that's I like that because there's a lot of players out there that enjoy things like that. But then, you know, Agra already walked you through it. There's a lot of ways that you could pay more attention to this to really get it to trigger when you really need to. Um, and then obviously Breastplate of Vigilance is an on-alt trigger, which is a very unique type of trigger we only use um, sparingly. So mm-hmm. certain gods are really good at, tri- at triggering this type of thing uh, consistently on, on targets you want to trigger it on. Others are have a harder time doing it, right? So there's already going to be um, a decision on what type of god you can play if you really want to focus on countering the enemy ABC, right? You're going to have to pick not just your god pick how they work into them, but you have to pick into can I reliably even proc this item on them too, which is just mm-hmm. an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. Big fan of both of these for sure. Is there a visual effect on the determination passive when it procs? 
Yeah, I'm sure there is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't um, remember what it is, but I'm sure there is. I don't recall what it looks like exactly. Yeah, it's probably a sprint, a sprinty looking okay. um, thing, but it... Um, the lines just, coming off of them. Yeah. yeah, but the protections can stack back up afterwards. I assume that they don't start mm -hmm. stacking again until that eight seconds is complete. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, and eight, eight seconds for that much movement speed is quite a long time, so it's a strong yeah. proc. Um, yeah. This determination, we're probably going to have our eye on this one. You know, we're probably keep a close eye on this one here. I see. I see some. Yeah, numbers. now that I'm reading this, this seems pretty good. Actually, I see some numbers. Yeah, definitely some uh, some knobs to turn. There is. Yeah. Is, uh, yep. is, is often said. Which is a good thing, by the way. Yes. More knobs, the better, in my opinion. Sometimes, yes. not all the time, but yeah, it's nice because when you when it only does one thing, right, it can be harder. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. All right, Deathbringer upgrades. Envenomed Deathbringer, critical hits on enemy gods, afflict them with poison for two seconds. This poison slows them by 10% and reduces their damage output by 15%. Uh, and alongside that, Poison Star is no longer... <laughs> Rip Poison game. Star. Yep, rest in peace. Yep. And rest in peace, Malice. Nobody will miss now... you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Malicious Deathbringer, successfully hitting an enemy god with a critical strike will subtract one second from all of your abilities, currently on cooldown, except your ultimate ability uh barry which one do you envision yourself building more often um honestly they're i'm gonna do the cop-out answer i think both of them are really sick i think on gods with steroids i think the malicious death barrier is really good because you just basically permanently get your steroid up yep but if i'm against a frontline where i feel like like if i'm against like a zong kui kakolin like those kind of gods that I will need the um, poison star, poison star passive uh, applied to them to help out our team fight. Then I'll be going that route. But if I need obviously more cooldowns, or if I think that like on a god like Turnabog, where all of your cooldowns are so good, getting more of them is just better. Mm -hmm. Then I'll be going the malicious deathbringer and just playing like selfishly. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, getting a full second off of all of your abilities currently on cooldown. Like I'm thinking. On her, jump in, get mm. some crits, probably use my Aegis. By the time that's up, my my jump is back up. I get to use it, you know, defensively or aggressively again. Um, I think a lot of options in, in those things. So I, I think that both of these feel pretty good. Um, yep. AJ, any, anything to add? Well, both of these items were really hard to find a good balance point for on their original Tier 3 versions, mm -hmm. where they were always a little too strong or a little too weak or they were too narrow on their application. So I just really like how can combining them with Deathbringer kind of, they were kind of in a past that people liked. They felt unique and interesting, right? But like Poison Star when it was too strong caused a lot of complaints. Um, Malice when it was too strong was only really good on a narrow set few, a few gods. So being able to bring these together um, I think just makes both of those passives. It's like it's it's just makes those items live on in a really unique way where they can actually fit into builds. It's just like I don't know. It's maybe it's something that the more veteran smite players would appreciate more. But like being able to see something like the malice actually show up in more builds now because of this flexibility is just it's you know it's touching in a way. You're like oh poor malice like nobody ever really cared for you, but now now you can be a superstar finally. Yeah, um, which I really like. Yeah, the Malice Passive always seemed so cool, but it was just like, you know, you only get so many item slots, um, and now you get to actually play with this passive and see what it can do, uh, which is going to be really fun. Dude, I just mm -hmm. thought about, like, Sir Ket 1. Yeah, Sir Ket 1, if you... Because th you can crit on each of the parts of Sir Ket 1, so you could subtract three seconds from all your cooldowns. That would be cool. 
This one, I believe. Uh, oh no, wait. We were talking about putting an internal cooldown on this, um, but I don't mm-hmm. think we did. We had, it was a, a common suggestion in PTS, and we did heavily discuss it, but we chose not to mm-hmm. for the time being. Um, but previous malice did. Um, a lot of times, these effects do have a cooldown, so you can't just get a huge amount of crits really, really quickly. Right. Um, but it felt like the amount of places you could apply that successfully were relatively, you know, rare. Right. Um, so we'll see, right? I mean, Sirket building full crit would be something we would like to see already as opposed to seeing her in support so much. So, you know, uh, maybe that would be something big for her. But it's also that's a balance uh, topic that we had already considered and we're very close to doing, <laughs> but uh, decided not to for now. So that would be cool. Um, Do it. Could happen. Yeah. Could happen. That could be fun. Um, all right. Jotun's Ferocity. Uh, your next basic attack marks an enemy god. If you hit the marked enemy or the marked enemy hits you, with a base attack ability, gain one stack. Each stack provides 2% increased damage towards the marked enemy, stacking up to 10 times, so up to 20% extra damage. Uh, this effect can only occur once every 60 seconds. Or Yotun's Vigor. If you drop below 40% health, you gain 10% movement speed and 40% physical ability lifesteal for 5 seconds. This can only occur once every 15 And seconds. that one was nerfed as well. Um, say, the the lifesteal was. was nerfed from 40 to 30 Okay, so 30% physical ability lifesteal. So you've got kind of like a dueling one with ferocity, but you need Mm -hmm. to be an assassin that can basic attack somewhere in your combo to make it worth your time. Um, Or you've got sustain, you know, heal back up type of uh, one here from Jotun's Vigor. Which which one, you know, give me some thoughts on these here, Barry. Uh, I was using Vigor a lot because I felt like the cooldown on Ferocity was a little too long. Hmm. Um, so I didn't want to experiment with it because I was mainly playing Slash with viewers. So I wanted to like be constantly fighting and I didn't want to like have to worry about that six second cooldown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think for late game jungle 1v1s, Ferocity has to be sick. Yeah. Like, yeah. The amount of damage output you can do or, I mean, like you said, you have to be a character that can proc it with the basic attack. Uh, which might change the way junglers are starting fights and positioning fights in late game. Mm-hmm. Or I, I like mid game as well, obviously. Um, but I, I felt a lot of value from Vigor. Basically, just because of cooldown solo, I was getting a lot of procs of it. Mm-hmm. And also, the physical ability lifestyle is pretty high. And then, since it's building off Jones, you already have cooldown built into it. So, the physical ability lifestyle is just more attractive because you're obviously going to have more cooldowns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Ferocity does have its points, but I didn't experiment that much with it. Yeah, I really... Um, also, Ferocity might be good on ADCs as well. I just didn't. Yeah, I it, could, it really could be. Yeah, I, uh, I I played a Chiron game, and I was like, man, Ferocity is going to feel really good. And then I think I had to like mm-hmm. build Brawlers or something like that and didn't have room for it. But um, yep. Ferocity on a god like Chiron, I'm sure, would feel absolutely insane. Uh Mm-hmm. mark them you already get the stack hit them with the two it gives you more stacks you know you're you're doing everything really well i i do think that you know on a god like i played a thor game and i wanted both of these really badly because i felt like they could both be really good then i kind of ended up deciding that i'm not gonna be able to basic attack early enough in my combo as thor to make it really worth my time so i ended up going vigor but if i was really ahead i probably would have gone ferocity and like spent the gold um i think that these two give you some really interesting split decisions uh i think that overall vigor is going to be more useful in more situations but 
mm-hmm. you're able to snowball and like be the aggressor in the enemy jungle and force them to one v one you, uh, then ferocity is going to be really really good for you. So I think mm-hmm. that it's good. This is one glyph that I think that you need to be able to think about on your engage uh, as an assassin, which is a good thing um, and really cool. But you know, a character like this Hun Bats really get a chance to use ferocity super well. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, maybe just good Hunbats players will find a way to weave in an auto earlier than they typically do now. And they'll be able to kill you more easily because they get that base attack instead of just like using their two when, when they wanted to initially. Um, something along those lines. So I think that these two are both very, very good. Um, but it's just a matter of how you execute with ferocity more often than not. Well, the interesting difference between the two is specifically that Vigor doesn't really provide you any extra damage. Right? Yes. It's just survivability, which could translate into more damage, but it doesn't do more damage. And you also have to be heavily injured for it to really do, for it to do anything, right? So it's like an emergency button that you're more likely to use, but doesn't necessarily come up. Um, and Jotun's Ferocity, actually, I love, I like the design of this item because it's like a whole story in an item. Like you really have yep. to set up the, the fight and then the fight kind of gains it rises the, the stakes raise over every single fight um, hit in between the two players yep. which is really cool but it is a lot of investment but um, I think it was really wise of the designers to not just give like a lot of free straight up damage to Jotun's uh, glyph already yep. um, so a little bit of survivability and life still is a cool way to do it as well as this like dueling upgrade which I'm you know I'm interested to see how much this actually affects the dual game mode and yep. if it's problematic there, or if it depends, <laughs> if it ends up being the only place that it's really viable, but I think you know, I think we could end up um, keeping an eye on it and making sure it feels applicable. Like the cooldown, like Vera mentioned, the cooldown is pretty long, or having up to ten stacks is kind of a lot of stacks. So we could make those gains more often or more um, frequently realized if we if we feel like it's not really doing um, what it's intended. But I think it's important that for either way, you're not just getting a bunch of free bonus damage, or you have to work for it. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good point. That's interesting for sure. I think it says a lot. Um, and like you said, uh, Clumsy and Lermy were the two that, that really spearheaded a lot of these glyphs, and I, I think they did such a good job. And I can tell because even you know even now I've played with these a bunch, I've read these patch notes a bunch, and I'm just kind of going back and reading them again. And every time I like read these, I get a new mm. idea of something I want to try, and I'm like, dude, yeah. Jotun's Vigor Pele sounds so. <laughs> I just want to like mm-hmm. get hit to 30 and then full heal off my ult. Like that sounds so fun. And whenever, in my opinion, if you can, you know, if a new item or a new build path or whatever it is, new relic can inspire you to like play a new, a God again or something like that, then uh, that's just like an absolute home run. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that all of these inspire me to do different things. Uh, and that's really exciting for sure. Yeah, I think ferocity might be really good with the idea that i had earlier with the cooldown um steroid hunters if you go like ferocity malicious deathbringer like fail not unlike artemis you'd be having like infinite cooldowns and then whoever does go on you because you're 100 going to get dove on most steroid characters you're going to be plowing them, whoever it is. <laughs> so that sounds pretty good. Use a technical term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
That sounds, that sounds pretty good, and I will be testing that on release. Yeah, that sounds good to me. That sounds fun for sure. Um, all right, last glyph is Rod of Tahuti. Uh, first, we have Calamitous Rod of Tahuti. Successfully hitting an enemy god with an ability calls down a meteor that lands after 1.5 seconds, dealing 100 plus 30% of your magical power damage in a 15-unit radius. This effect can only occur this as it is once every 90 i think that was changed aj if i recall yeah um the damage scaling was buffed from 30 to 40 and okay. the cooldown was nerfed from 90 to or buffed from 30 90 to 30 i believe okay so, so really you're gonna get buffs. a lot more yeah a lot more often yeah much shorter cooldown and higher damage um and then there's nimble rod of tahuti this one's real simple for every 40 magical power you have you gain two percent attack speed and i think that this is one that you know, like we were just talking about with with Jotuns, those are ones that there are characters where I want, there are a lot of types of assassins where I want both of those effects and I have to really choose. This one, I think, is a little bit more clear clear cut. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a mage that cares about my attack speed, I'm going to be going nimble. If I'm a mage that doesn't, I'm going to be going calamitous. But there are some crossovers, you know, it, everyone's going to, be unsurprised by this but the first one i think of is zeus and i think mm -hmm. i'd rather have nimble on zeus right. than calamitous so it's not yeah he also has no cc to help him with calamitous right so there's no you know it's not necessarily mage adcs equal nimble non-mage adcs equal calamitous i mean you have thoth who often uses his wall to get a bunch of extra damage on things right his basic attack you have things like hades who are also applying marks but you know don't need it as bad oh yeah but you have some options for sure. Yeah. Um, you have Jean Cui who gets double proc basics. So um, getting that extra attack, extra attack speed could be a non-zero amount of damage. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously Calamitous uh, got a ton of buffs. Um, and for good reason, I think this was the, the glyph that felt the most behind. But it, like mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier, a lot of knobs to turn here, whether it's damage or cooldown or you know, speed of the projectile, all that kind of stuff, um, all very doable things. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I I, never felt like Calamitous was really doing that much for me in my uh, testing on PTS, but I'm excited to see, you know, at 30 seconds and at 40% of my scaling, uh, those are certainly a lot more, a lot more attractive. So I'm definitely excited to try that one out, but um, Barra, yeah, I think that opinion is pretty clear. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bear, I'm assuming that uh, that Nimble was feeling pretty good for you on those on those mage ADCs. Yeah, I was gonna say this might be like one of the best soul items ever released. So yep. I'm a big fan of Nimble <laughs> Rod to Hootie. This item is gonna feel fantastic for me. Um, and then I had the same opinion as Agar for uh, Calamitous. I thought it was like really bad on release just because it was 90 seconds and it just like you said it felt like it was the most behind. Too inconsistent. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that as well, and I think the buffs are sick to it, and I think it'll actually be bought now and used well. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't think of what you said, AJ, where if you're a mage with CC, I don't know why that never clicked in my head, but that makes <laughs> a lot more sense now. Yeah, You can guarantee it yourself. <laughs> Someone mentioned in chat, like, Scylla, like, if you hit with a Scylla 1, um, yeah. it's a guaranteed, it's a guaranteed uh, meteor proc, pretty much, unless they cleanse it. Dude, um, and Crush is coming two, down. I like pull yeah. two people together. Oh. Anything that does damage and CCs at the same time. Like, so th this does say successfully hit, which, you know, again, I don't want to be throwing anyone under the bus, but that generally would mean that even if you hit with like an Anubis mummy that does no damage, um, the meteor would proc. So 
you can definitely, there's certain gods it's going to proc better on. Um, and also, you know, we got a lot of feedback about the timing and the area of effect, but those things are harder to change in PTS because they require other changes from the art team and stuff like that. So we're definitely going to keep that in mind uh, going forward if we feel like this item's not showing up enough or if just mage ADCs are just continue to dominate, you know, we'll be looking at that archetype as a whole um, for nerfs. And there was also, uh, I guess it's not a really as interesting of a bug fix, but there was a bug, there as a um, balance change, but there was a bug fix for Nimble Rod where the passive was just stop working sometimes on PTS, but that's been fixed. <laughs> um, uh, when there was a bug on the PTS where if you died a single time, I think the passive just turned off and didn't come back on. Uh, so, Position uh, better for that him. was not the intent. <laughs> so we fixed that. Yeah, um, bringing back the old. Dude although maybe we should make an item that does that. Like, yeah, <laughs> you die one time and just sell it, bro. Just yeah, sell it. Like you, you, it. You, you done got you just messed up, dude. Those old hearts, you know, stacking heart seeker and yep. that kind of stuff. Just take it to the Do extreme. More. Yep. Oh yeah, never mind. We already had that. We're not doing it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, that does it for glyphs. We're gonna have to probably zoom a bit here towards items. There's no chance we get to. You probably want to go good. more. You want to go more general, like class role, like as a single topic. It's just. That's how I wrote the patch notes, so that'd make it easier, but that's, that's up to you, you know, yeah. that's how you gotta run your show. Well, it's just, uh, the thing is that I looked at, like, my little, you know, on a website, you see, like, where your scroll wheel is, um, yeah, and I'm at, like, too. I'm at, like, 40, I'm not even at 50% yeah, of Yeah, we're almost the halfway. Page. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to, you know, it, it would be a pipe dream to get through them all tonight, so, uh. We'll probably just do itemization tonight and then uh, gods after we get some more games in because it, uh, the patch goes live on Tuesday. Yeah, tonight is the only night of for speculation, though. I know. Spe mm. Yeah, that, and they do come for the hot takes. That's uh, that's for sure. Yep. Um, all right, real quick, crit adjustments. Um, just more likely to uh, hit on your percentage that of your crit chance um you're less likely to be streaky one way or the other you know you're less likely to be unlucky or incredibly lucky when tossing these crits um Barra, how did this feel to you um on pts uh well adc felt really good the games that they weren't building breastplate and shell and that kind of stuff but now that those have been nerfed I think crit will feel way better mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'll actually damage but i didn't actually realize or the i didn't feel the crit adjustment i guess or like as a player it's hard to numerically figure out if i'm supposed to be critting in that situation or not sure yeah um so i didn't really feel that difference um but yeah it was more about just well you're also doing 25 percent less damage each crit yep yes did you feel yeah. that difference uh everything felt bad when i was countered i'll just say that yeah if they were gonna build the good stuff against you you weren't gonna be doing damage yeah. no matter what and that wouldn't have changed with the 25 percent extra i imagine yep. uh one way or the other yep. um Agreed. aj you can tell me if you feel a different way but for me you know i read the dev notes here and what you and what you guys said and you know read chaos's uh incredibly big brain thread about mm -hmm. it on twitter and yeah. if Barra's feedback is i didn't notice it that seems like an absolute win correct um, yeah that that's it generally feel more smooth overall and if you don't notice that you feel like you're critting less than you should have then it sounds like it's working yeah i would agree i think that's that's generally the thought process here um really the bigger change to it was the damage nerf right the damage yes. nerf to crit is mm -hmm. a pretty big deal um it's all moving towards a little bit more of a normalization like it feels good to crit and get some bonus damage but it didn't need to be as intense and as um 
RNG driven, mm-hmm. just too high risk, high reward, uh, tends to feel bad in MOBAs for everyone. But I think also, you know, no risk, no reward also feels bad. So, you know, there's definitely a room for we were not interested in the very popular Reddit suggestion of just remove crit and do something different in its place. Right. Like, you know, hitting streaks of basic attacks, to, you know, deals more damage or something like that. Right. There's this common proposal to just get rid of crit. But it's nice to still have. So I'm I think the damage nerf is the part that most people are overlooking. And like when we shipped items like Atalanta's and everyone's looking at it in a vacuum and they're like, why is this item so insane? It's like because this item is doing 25 percent less damage than it would have done before. Right. Um, which mm-hmm. is a 25 percent damage nerf is massive. Right. There's very rarely do we nerf any single thing in the game when it's overpowered by 25%. It's extremely right. rare. So all hunters, all crit builds got hit like that hard, which is why some of these crit items go real hard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the general audience just kind of missed out on that and was thinking a little bit too much about, okay, like, so the algorithm and like, you know, there's there's trigonometry flying around in their brains and stuff and they're trying to calculate how much is they're going to hit. It's like, no, you just do less damage all the time though, also. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think it's a good balance of what we struck, but it's definitely going to be one that we're going to require a good bit of data collection on. It's going to be hard to collect this from perception. Um, so I'm interested to see how do hunter build damage um, change overall? Like how do hunters per damage per match change in the future? Things like that to uh, help us make any f- future guided decisions on it. Right. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, really quickly over starter items, um, a couple soul laners get changes uh, bluestone is back all right there's my hot take for the day bluestone is back everyone's gonna build axe because they're cowards forever (laughs) all right confirmed day one of season nine you're confirmed scared go also death death's toll has been buffed many times too and people have just thought like that they have kind of forgotten about that is even a possibility but everyone's gonna say axe has to be built everyone's gonna keep building axe because it's the safe pick Yep. But then we're going to see Bluestone come back and do some work, even with just this small um, gold change, as well as just the other changes in the entire patch. You know what? You're um, right, AJ. Bluestone is back. I'm with you. I'm hopping on. And then I think I'm Talisman is also, if you end up against a Bluestone warrior in solo, you're probably still better off switching to the, um, sorry, I always call it Talisman because it looks like a necklace, but Sigil. Yes. Because the Sigil, the stacking protection is going to be really good for you. The Axe is good. You're going to get bullied harder if you start with the Axe. So, um we did nerf Axe again, though. If we have to nerf it again before people get the picture, we will. But I think already it's in a good spot. But sometimes we have to go over and beyond the actual balance before people get the get the point. Yep. No, uh, spy players are really smart. Happens all the really time. Really smart. Yeah. Remember when Guan Yu was good on. and Guan had to get like five buffs in a row and then everyone was like, how did he get to this point? He's insane. Yeah. It's like, you didn't Guan play was a... all these buffs. Like, we knew. Guan Yu was good for like four years and then still had to be buffed. Yep, exactly. Um, okay, uh, the other, the only other starter I wanted to mention, uh, Eye of the Jungle upgrades getting buffs I think is good. Um, you know, we did see a good amount of Eye of the Jungle as a starter item. But the I pros really punked us on that one. Yeah, they, they by really not buying this it. item, they were like, "Hey, this would be funny if we just never buy this item and then they wait until they buff it and then build, build it a bunch of worlds." Exactly. Uh, like always. you got you got me, guys. Isn't it really fun <laughs> to have to do balance like weeks before we actually get to uh, see it implemented? Uh, we just yeah. have to like predict what based on what they're saying. And uh, for as far as something that we buffed that showed up at Worlds, you know, that's not too big of a deal. That's 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 pretty no. fair. And could have been worse. And those upgrades were underperforming, I think, in comparison to the other jungle upgrades. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, a fan for sure. of Seer and Protector upgrades. Um, okay, Mystical Mail nerf feels good. 
Mm-hmm. Pridwin nerf feels good. Um, always a fan of those. Bulwark nerf. And that shield nerf also translates to the damage nerf because the damage is based off of the shield size. Right. So um, that's a pretty big nerf for solos. Which, again, a lot of people were going a little crazy over how many new items introduced some seemingly powerful things to solos. But at the same, po- same point, heavily nerfing two, if not three, of their core items. It's a, pre- it's a big shift. They might be in a stronger position overall, but it's minus three, plus three and a half or something like that, you know, at most. Which is still a big difference in changing three whole items in your build or so could be could change up the god pool quite a bit as well right um and then barra telkines loses 10 power big deal for mage adcs or no um we'll see sometimes mage adcs are good and sometimes they're bad so it's just kind of like when they feel like they can get absolutely bullied by hunters Mm -hmm. is when they'll disappear and i don't know if this changes big enough to push them out but also it's a brand new map brand new meta so we'll see and also in my opinion mage adcs are just better in comp than they are in ranked and yep that that stuff because you just get more peel and more setup and everything mm. um so we'll, we'll see we'll yeah. see we might have to I, I totally believe it'll be possible that a mage adcs have to be nerfed again in nine two mm-hmm. um but it was hard to tell and really for the start of the new season we don't like anyone any particular archetype or role or class to, or even sub archetype to feel, oh, like this is totally not my season. Like already it hasn't even started and I'm out, right? So we knew, yeah. even though AD, major DCs are overperforming, you could say competitively, they're more popular right now. We didn't want to over nerf that and just take a whole go- bunch of gods off the roster. We like to try to keep the beginning of the season as open as possible. But if major DCs continue at the rate that they're going, they're going to be cruising for another nerf. That's for sure. Um, Void Stone gets another hundred health and the magical protection aura debuff goes up from 10 to 15%. I don't think we saw void zone built like at all in season eight. Ever since the, the heavy pen changes to mages and kind of getting rid of that old pen boots guardians build, we've never really seen void stone. So um, it seemed like it high in time to finally buff it. Um, I'm really excited at the possibility of seeing it. I think it's more likely going to stay in a casual item and a non-conquest item, but I'd love to see it show up on an aggressive, um, you know, pro build at some point on maybe a, and Ares, which we have seen, you know, throughout the season quite a few times. We had a few Ares specialists. Yep. Um, and when the other team doesn't seem prepared for that pick, it can be really, really strong. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Saw a lot of success Agreed. with it. Uh, Bear, any any uh, thoughts on being bad against going against Ares, like as a player historically? <laughs> uh, anything that comes uh, to mind not, there? Not really sure what you're talking about here. Oh, well, I'll uh, just reference it. Never mind. Uh, Emperor's uh, Armor. <laughs> Is that a fact? Does Barra have a losing rate against Ares? Yes, Barra is maybe the worst player. I get Barra's really bad against two gods in particular, and it's Ares and it's Giannis. And it's oh, Giannis okay. one isn't even his fault. Uh, I'll give him. It's he, really not. He's a Giannis alt magnet. Every cross map Giannis mm. snipe hits Barra, and I do agree that that's not his fault. I am gonna give Barra um, some culpability for being bad against Ares, though. Fair enough. I just don't have enough beads, so I'm enough CC immunity. My teammates don't have enough beads. CC we immunity. We released Charybdis now. I, I was just—I was gonna say the same thing. We just gave you Charybdis, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'll still die to him, bro. Just I'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will say, a hundred health is a lot. That is a yep. big buff for Voidstone. I don't—I feel like people are overlooking this just because, as you said, aggro has kind of been unbuilt for a long time. Yep. Or unbuilt, not yeah. built. A uh, hundred health is a lot. That is a big buff. Yep. Agreed. Um, Emperor's armor gets a little buff. That one feels good, but you know, pretty much the same thing. Jade Emperor's, you know, with the Voidstone buff, maybe we could see like the Yorms. You know, Ardio obviously saw a ton of play. We um, saw a Jade at um, Worlds. I think we did see like one. Yeah, I think we saw Another like Ares actually buff. one. 
because yeah. I was surprised um, to see it actually because we hadn't seen it much at all. Yep. Um, another uh, counter item for hunters though, which perhaps we we may have over-indexed on this update uh, just a little bit, but Emperor's Armor I think is also just sleeper good. It's a very mm -hmm. good item. It does yep. a lot of good things for you. People underrate the passive, especially sieging and smite is very difficult, and people really undervalue that. Uh, how much Emperor's Armor can help your team siege, which can make your whole life easier, which can be really strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, yep. I mean, a 40% attack speed, now it's 50% buff to your tower. Like, if you could give a 50% attack speed buff to anyone on your team, you would insta-buy an item that does that, you know? Yep. Uh, well, you have to be standing under your own tower, right? Right. It's, it's certainly um, situational, but it's so strong. And now you're and getting... I, 50% more auto attacks like well we also made it asymmetrical now where the so defending your own tower is stronger than sieging the opponent's tower so right. we're interested to see if that actually makes it if, if it becomes meta enough and you see them on both supports all the time then the whole sieging phase gets even more difficult yeah as opposed to easier which will be interesting but uh it'll only be a 10% difference as opposed to the 40 or something percent different swing you could get if you get it and your opponent doesn't right right um which could be really big yeah, since the uh, the passive does stack and um, offset, and it doesn't, it used to cancel itself out, but now it's still values the defender. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how much we'll see of that. Um, I think it definitely could be good. Um, Black Dorman Runeforged get some. Um, Don't even read these because we've changed them already. <laughs> All right, not even reading them. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> we've changed Rune. We didn't change Runeforged, but we re completely like rechanged the whole Blackthorn one, and now it's just. It is what it is before, except minus like 20 power or something, a big nerf. Sure. Um, Hide in the Nemean line gets a little bit better. Uh, as you said, maybe over-indexing a little bit against uh, Hunters, um, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, and then yep. Berserker Shield uh, getting 10 more physical protections, feeling good for some of those um, auto-attack warriors, which haven't been super dominant uh, in recent memory. Right, so um, Solo is still seeing potentially a big shift in their builds with getting th four of their potential key items build when you include Blackthorn as well. Four yep. of their key items being nerfed heavily. Um, and a bunch of different ones being buffed, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to pick them up. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up picking. Make sure you watch twitch.tv slash Nika tomorrow or on Tuesday to figure out what he's building because uh, that's what I'm going to do for for whenever I'm uh, doing it. Nika, friend It's going to be an exciting day, that's for sure. Yeah, I can't wait for Tuesday, man. It's going to be awesome. Um... All right, some some more mage changes. Staff of Mirrodin gets another ten power and decrease or increase the duration of the passive from six to eight. Man, this item like I know. Look, I know whenever it got reworked that if it released in that state, it was gonna be busted. But I was really excited to play with it, and then everyone just lost their minds. Mm -hmm. They just can never get anything super OP, so it had to get gutted, which was fairly appropriate. But now no one's built it, and I want. To get a chance to to run around and do some crazy stuff with me, we're gonna get you back there. We're gonna get it back there. Yes, I'm. A, I, I I believe I'm. A, I'm a believer for sure. Uh, yeah, I think this is in the realm of like Voidstone of just like people or items that people just forgot about. Yep. And like, oh, I just can't build this item, and I think this is a very big buff to Mirror. Also, it's a very exciting item as well. So Agreed. yeah, this item's bad. It's, it's fun. Agreed. And I like its art. You know, I'm seeing its art blown up here, and there's a good art. What, what it's got going on I, I love a good art yep uh celestial art. Hell, good art yeah <laughs> that's our feedback for this one <laughs> celestial legion helm uh gets a little bit of power but loses some protection so a little bit more offensively focused maybe paul will build this instead of breastplate though i doubt it 
Uh, yeah, we'd like staff. to see some ability to counter the early jungle if you really want to, you know, but mm -hmm. people tend to not want something too protecty. You just need a little bit. A little bit of protections goes a long way in the beginning. So having more power to actually make this feel like a reasonable item to have throughout half the game where you don't feel like you just want to sell it as quickly as possible. I feel um, like I can hear Ponpon's voice in my head being like, the first hundred protections are the most valuable. That's yeah. There should be like a little like... The more you know, pop up of Pon yeah, where he Pon, comes like, into we, we get we have to go to an elementary school and book a room so we could turn a chair backwards and sit yeah, down on it. Exactly. Tell, tell us about things. Hey kids, did you know that your first one hundred props are the most valuable that you can build? Like that, just little things like that to uh, to teach you the intricacies of how it works. Um, Pon Pon's like my 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 little angel on my shoulder of how math works all the time. That is true. I think this will be pretty good on major DCs as well. Ah, that's a good point. Good mm. point, Bear. Yeah, helps you trade in lane. Back in the, I want to say back in the day, it was like season three or four. We were like rushing the old celestial. Yep. I don't. I, I do think it's a quite a sacrifice to rush this item instead of the other mm. traditional. Like usually major DCs, they just want their rings. They want their life steal yeah. so bad. It would be tough to do. But if you're really against, you know, a physical hunter and you're getting and a jungler that you think is going to visit your lane frequently, I could totally see mm -hmm. it makes sense. Yep. Or like a double physical lane, like if people are still running like Sir Cat. Ah, the warrior support or the assassin support. Yeah, yeah that makes sense yep. too. Fenrir support getting this would feel... Uh, we saw a lot of that at Worlds, that's for sure. Yep. Um, Warlock staff got 10 more power. Uh, still think this item is pretty mm -hmm. underrated, but um, was punished by fast jungler starts, depending on Season 9. If that, if you're able to, to get through your early game with less jungle visits than you did in Season 8, which remains to be seen... Um, then Warlocks is going to be good. That's, uh, you know, if you're if you're playing a few weeks from now and you're like, huh, I don't get ganked that much, you should probably start building Warlocks. Um, okay. What are you saying, question, is oh. this like the base power? Like... Base power, base yes, power. Yes, that's base okay, power. Okay, okay. Um, another thing to note just about this section we're entering is that all of these are actually percent pen items um, yep. getting some buffs. They're not getting buffs to their percent pen, but they're all getting buffs as well as it's not on this section of the patch notes, but you scroll down in the PTS changes, mages also got buffs to all of their flat pen items as well. So yes. we know that the traditional mid lane mage was something people were a little concerned about going into the season. We wanted to bring them up. Um, we had buffed all these percent pen items, which we thought was a pretty good start, but in PTS we found that that wasn't quite enough. So we buffed all the flat pen as well. So. Um, and that is huge. That's an sure. important thing to consider when you're looking at, you're only looking at one change line, you know, that says Warlock Staff getting 10 power, but it's also, it's a it's a percent pen item. So yep. you're now getting more flat power while also building percent pen, which can be really important. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Warlock Staff lover. Uh, I think it's been really underbought in general. Um, I, I agree. I think that item is really strong. I, I understand people who think they, they're not going to actually get to realize the, the full gains of it, but man, it's a good item. Yep. Um, then Charon's gets 10 power, so does Obsidian Shard, and Obsidian Shard loses 100 gold on the cost, so it gets better there. Obshard has to be good by now, please. It is. It, <laughs> it is. has to be. It's good. Build it. Build please. It. Build it. And Charon's is also one we've been back and forth on quite a bit. You know, that was kind of the mage meta item for the first half of the year. Yep. Um, bringing back power on it, because I think the mistakes with Charon's coin usually end up when it just gives too much utility and too much other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's good for us to have, uh, you know, strong power and percent pen choices for the mages. Yep. And like AJ said, uh, getting flat, five more flat pen on Desolation, Divine Ruin, and... All four, Spear right? the Magus. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, just three because yeah, uh, just three. the shard yeah, is in the, right, the, the last one. item, right? Uh, 
that is a huge change for mages. I, I think that in my testing, I thought it was very noticeable. I would, I'm going to be building to start the season. Um, I'm going to be on double flat pen, pen rush again. Um, on, so you're not going to be playing hunters though? No, I'm not playing a whole <laughs> lot of hunters unless my ADC is locking Freya, uh, or something like that than I would, but mm-hmm. I'm intending to, I think that in what I played, mages felt very, very strong um, in through the early to mid game, like from your first flat pen item until your second flat pen item. I do think that they, they are not quite as good in the late game as some other classes, but that's just my impressions right now. We'll see if that ends up being the case. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that it's going to be a lot like uh, it was whenever flat pen was strong a few seasons ago, which is at your two item power spike, you are going to be the strongest character on the map. Um, yep. And I would play characters that abuse that well. So you know. another point that I saw come up a few times in PTS that I thought was really interesting was if people are building into all of the anti hunter items, mm-hmm. that's going to make having a mage really important. Yep. Or if you try to build a mage ADC and mid hunter comp, you're going to get double countered. Yep. by all that stuff so another thing that i think oh, people sure. often lose in the early perception phases of of these topics is how the overall class balance can influence each other so we might see mages rise up again not just because of their item buffs but just because you need some good old-fashioned ability damage just to chunk people yeah uh, you yep. know and you got better flat pen better percent pen options now that uh, as well as those bonus damage procs that might just be enough to help get those uh, frontliners off your back line, you know? Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in, in mages in the early to mid game right now. Um, I think they're going to be really good there. I just think that, you know, I don't think Tiamat uses like double flat pen as well as a god like Poseidon or um, something like that is going to. So pick with that in mind. Um, if you don't want to build like Magus plus Deso or Deso plus Divine, um, mm-hmm. and you won't be feeling good about it, then I don't know how good that mage is right now. But if you can build those things, like Merlin rushing those two flat pen items feels really good. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm going to be Discordia, Agni. Yep. Yeah, Agni feels really good with them. Discordia, those are definitely... Uh, those are definitely I'm so bummed ones. we didn't see a world's Agni after all the buffs he got this year. He feels so good right I now. I do think he feels good as well. But he's close. He's, he's close. Maybe he'll, have, maybe he'll need one more buff if we can cleverly design it, right? Yep. Yeah, I think it depends on the junglers that are being played. If he can be played, yes, yeah, like he has some bad jungle matchups for He's sure. He's weak to Fenrir. Yes, yeah, Fenrir yeah. Being Fenrir is <laughs> brutalized. It's super effective. Yeah, we all know how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rage uh, going into some hunter itemization. Um, Rage gets five more power. Uh, Fail not gets 150 gold off, and Fail not mm-hmm. was already starting to come back a little bit. Uh, pre this buff and again this is all with the idea in mind that you're critting for less damage so these items lost stat efficiency so giving them some back in some areas uh, makes a lot of sense Um, Deathbringer gains 5 power 5 crit chance and loses 100 gold so now sub 3k big buff yep big buff to Deathbringer plus of course your glyphs building off of that Um, Shadow Steel gets another 5% attack speed and the duration of the healing reduction debuff goes from 6 seconds to 10 seconds. So that feels oh. really good. This yeah, was already really kind of like... This was already kind of slotting in that first item slot if you were a character that was going to be building crit and didn't use Crusher that well. You could mm-hmm. kind of put Shadow Steel in that same slot. I yeah. imagine that this feels really good as a first item. 
No. We had seen a few people do that, and uh, I feel like the player base generally thought they were like memeing or something like that. They were like, why are you building this item? It's bad, but that people just generally undervalue anti-heal. Uh, but that's a different topic. Agreed. Um, I like that the, you know, especially the Deathbringer buff, um, it's maybe a little heavy-handed because Deathbringer now with the crit damage reduction um, on a normal crit, Deathbringer becomes even more important because it's effectively the percent increase you're seeing uh, from Deathbringer is even bigger than before. Right. Um, but then it's also getting really heavily buffed. So it's really kind of us saying like, if you're going to go crit build, you probably need Deathbringer. Yep. Um, but, you know, I've already been seeing some really interesting builds. Uh, you know, I think Zapman had already claimed to have optimized the season nine build already for pure damage. And it hasn't had any of the items that we've said have been strong today really? so far. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't recall it exactly um, uh, by I memory. But... Build, but I remember it was like some it was like the math guy figured it out and this is yeah. like zap's new build it's it like, like silver oh, branch uh yeah. jotun's glyph uh not the like i don't know maybe just i want a different maybe a crusher or something like that um it was an interesting uh build i think it did have yeah. a crit splash in it still like maybe wind demon or something um but yeah you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with hunter builds as tends to happen with hunter builds once we find one that we think everybody kind of agrees on is the best the build diversity tends to come down quite a bit, right? That does tend to happen, but yep. um, it'll be interesting to see if we can maintain two different... Usually it's a dream scenario if we can maintain two completely different Hunter builds that both feel viable on different gods or different you know, play styles. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be awesome if we could see that, like a crit and a non-crit build. I'd love to see that. Or even if we could just, even just keep the balance well between true basic attack versus ability Hunter builds. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um Barra, here's a big one. Atalanta's bow uh, now is 23.50 for 40 power, 25% attack speed, 20% crit chance, 10% life deal, same passive. Uh, this one and this one had a cost good. increase and a um, nerf from 40 to 30 power in PTS. So okay. now it's 30 power instead of 40 and 2,500. Gotcha. Still, yeah. still building it on that stat line? Uh, I was going Devo's into Atalanta. I don't think you can ever go Atalanta's first because its power isn't high enough, so it doesn't feel great on clearing and boxing and ba basically everything. It just doesn't have enough power. Mm -hmm. um, but the Devo's buff into Atalanta, I think, feels really good. But yeah, it was. <laughs> I was building that, and my chat was like, "That's not like the highest DPS build, but like getting like forty percent life still in your first two items." It's gonna feel pretty good. And right. Devo's buff, in my opinion, is pretty good. So if someone's rushing Crusher against you and you're going Devo's and you can survive, I think you need just need to survive the first like minute, like maybe minute and a half against that. Mm -hmm. And then your life still just shoots up as they're like going the early game spiking build. Yeah. So are I, you building Death Toll in that situation? Uh it depends on the hunter I was going, but yeah, I was going a lot okay. of Death Toll. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Zap's build did not have Atalantas or Devo's in it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think it was Crusher Aussie and then like, I want to say like Silver Branch. I think yeah. it was still going the double flat pin into. It was. Okay, it was Deathbringer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, very. I, I, I don't know, man. This Devo's buff, uh, it, you no longer have to stack it to 70. It's now 50 stacks and the power per stack has gone up from 0.5 to 0.8. So you get, mm -hmm. you need less stacks and it actually increases your total power from 65 to 70. This item has got to be good. Um, okay. it just that's a lot of power. It's just a lot of power on a single item. Yeah, and less For and what? less stacks. So it's hard to believe that that's not a really good item now. Yeah, 
but it's crazy to me that people still have a lot of competition with it which is cool yeah yeah it's definitely not dominated from what i've seen but you know like you said hunter builds typically homogenize more quickly than other builds um, i mean the silver branch buff from tw- up to 20 percent pen too is also that's a big 10 percent. you know you might see a 10 mm-hmm. increase yep. on some other things like 10 power somewhere but that's not a big of a deal maybe but 10% pen is really huge, but that was mostly because Atalanta's rework to a crit item, we wanted to make sure hunters and basic attackers still had a 20% pen option available to them. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. those are very rare across the game, right? 20% pen items are pretty rare. Yep, those definitely come at a premium. Uh, and then Toxic Blade increased max stacks from 2 to 3. Uh, feels good. That feels more like um, an auto-attack assassin buff that you know hunters typically don't have room for it. They'd rather go Shadow Steal. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, still feels good um, for Toxic Blade for sure. So definitely some interesting hunter itemization. Barra, do you know what uh, what general build you would recommend for hunters loading in on Tuesday? Uh, what you're gonna be trying to to make work? Uh, I'm probably gonna troll around with the like Devos, Atalantis, uh, Steroid Hunters with like Bellnut, Deathbringer, and like the new Jotuns just to play around with it and see how it good it feels you can throw runeforged in there for me (laughs) i'll sell my starter for runeforge there you go uh but i i don't know that amount of lifesteal just feels so good like obviously i don't think that build's gonna be the max dps build but i think when you're going devos you're not going max dps anyways you're just going max survivability and also you can tank objectives so much easier with that amount of lifesteal plus crit like you mm. might be able to like solo gold furies now yep. with that build with with the crit. So it just depends on like if you want the max DPS build or if you want survivability, which in my opinion is exciting because I view both options as very good options to build. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what your role is in the game and what you as a player want to do. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that from a design perspective because I like when hunters generally they're considered only just do the most damage. But now when you have options like beyond doing the most damage that could be attractive, that's great. As well as um, with the Toxic Blade and Shadow Steel buffs, they have some of the best healing counter on them as well, which is really cool because, you know, I feel like a lot of time when a hunter is just chaining basic attacks onto you, like you shouldn't be able to heal out of that. Like that is something that you really shouldn't be able to. Like maybe getting poked with a long distance mage ability okay fine you should be able to run away and heal up but i think hunters really given the option should be able to be the shredders to take those type of players down and obviously um assassins could be you know doing that as well but to me that's that's a really cool kind of almost not to say rock paper scissors but it's creating some cool individual class to other classes that are asymmetrical type of counters yeah because i don't really think we gave healers anything good against hunters but we did give warriors something good against hunters but then hunters can shred healers so it's some some cool like subclass counters going on in season nine that i'm excited to see uh that could change your build from time to time more so than we see hunters normally do Mm -hmm. definitely Agreed. agreed um all right last but not least itemization for assassins uh one of my favorites I, that I'm really excited about is Hydra's Lament. Um, it goes from 2150 to 2300, oh. so 150 gold more, but now has 10% physical penetration. That's uh, a cheap price for 10 pen, right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, and we just saw that because Silver Branch, it costs 200 gold for 10% pen and only 150 here. So Hydra's Lament got it on sale. Um, <laughs> and I think Hydra's going to be sick, man. I think that this item is so good and so cool. And. Hunbats, Susano, like these types of assassins mm-hmm. that want to be building Hydras but couldn't fit it before are going to be very happy. 
uh, and be more than willing to spend the extra 150 gold. Just feels yep. really good. It's an exciting item to see come back, right? It's an item yep. that's always been a, a kind of a fan favorite, but never really been meta. So it's like, I think it's about time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Maybe even Thor can start building again. The old Hydra's Thor. Uh, make sure you one-shot someone through your combo. Really fun. Um, Golden Blade got five more power from 30 to 35 and five more attack speed from 15 to 20. So See, here's the thing, though. The gods that use Golden Blade are terrible right now so yes we have, we're trying to be- our best to give them something but yeah arachne bakasura yeah, yeah good, that's what i was gonna say good luck uh, i think it's gonna help a good bit and then you know those gods can really be casual uh shredders but yeah. um mm-hmm. don't see them much on the high end i'd like to see them show up a little bit more on that end but it might just be not possible right so at least we want to make them feel better at other levels of play this also yep. is a massive buff to uh, Laning Horus or Jungle Horus, uh, as he is a Golden Blade. That player, might so. be a real thing too with the Horus buffs later in this patch. I really hope it is. I think I would actually be very Horus excited to see is that too. Really cool. Um, I I would right? love a world where Horus is a viable jungler. I think that would be such a cool god to have in the jungle. Um, but I don't know. Well, I love the idea of a support warrior, but I think we we pushed him too far into it, right? So I, I love the idea of bringing him back to being more of a flex warrior. Um, if Horus takes over Erlang Shen spot or whatever, that would be really cool, right? Agreed. Absolutely love that. Uh, Soul Eater gets five more power on the base version and on Evolved, um, but also increase the physical ability lifesteal from 20% to 25% on Evolved Soul Eater. Um don't go soul eater if you're an assassin and you've got like a hell or an afro on your team because they're going to build divine anyways and you're going to be really sad but if you have no healing at all on your team and you're a god like pele or something like that that uh can make use of or you know bastet these ability oriented assassins um soul eater can still be really good in those and maybe this helps wukong come back as well because last time wukong was meta he was kind of with the bluestone buffs yep We've definitely seen this on a few warriors, and I'm also just interested to see if this, I feel like this item has never really been that good. Yep. Like, I guess yep. maybe it's in some early days, like when it was first redesigned or something like that, it maybe was really strong until it caught its first nerfs. But um, just excited to see if this can do anything different to the warriors and the assassins that do use it. Because it's very specific. I don't know. This item asks very specific things of you as a player. Yep. Um, and a lot of people, I feel like, just build this item just because they love this item. They build it on anyone they can, even if it's really terrible on them. Right. Uh, so I'd be interested to see if we get the higher skill tier picking this item up and people get some guidance on when this, where this item is actually good instead of just throwing it on every warrior they can because they think it's fun to heal themselves a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's other... honestly whenever I buy the item. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's most of this item's usage is that. Yep. Yep. Um, two things that just came to mind really quickly. Barra, uh, the Hydra's buff, really good for Hydra's Medusa, so make sure you're trying that. Um, oh. <laughs> Do you AJ? think Hydra's is viable on any hunters? Uh, it is to, like, troll around and have fun with, but in an actual competitive scenario, I don't think I would go it. But maybe? AJ, I don't know. how well, is Hydra's uh, Medusa bad? Like, this is what I've been saying to him this whole time, okay? Oh, you come around the corner, you all, they're, sl- they, they're good players, they turned around, but they're slowed. Hydra's auto. Then you dash, you Hydra's auto. You two, you Hydra's auto. You one, you Hydra's auto. It's gotta be good. I really thought this item always has had hunter potential. Yeah. I, I, I honestly believe that that's the case, but 
for whatever reason, because of maybe you know no attack speed or something like that, we haven't seen it yet. But hey, with the percent with the percent pen, maybe we will see it now. Got um, it can't be can't be not OP. I'm no. honestly surprised we've never seen a meta where this was a popular hunter item. Yeah, because it uh, seems so much easier to hit the procs than on an assassin. But I think like Pringles running like Hydro's crit older, and it would like mm. one shot you. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. That, I mean, God's, I guess it's, in my opinion, it's only Uller. Medusa, <laughs> gotta be good. <laughs> if I can freely dash every situation, yeah. But yeah, be sick. If I'm just pressing my one and auto attack. I mean, what, yeah. what about even someone like Artemis? You like Tusky, they're guaranteed stunned. Boom, you get a hit. Drop the trap on them. They're guaranteed rooted. Boom, you get a hit on them. Turn on your stim, you're going to get another hit. Like, yeah, I feel like it's but... good on more gods than we give it credit for. It just depends on some. I think I would rather have like a more consistent DPS item unless I'm bursting an assassin down. Sure. Hmm. Against tanks, it doesn't feel great, but maybe with the penetration, it'll yeah, feel that'll better. help a lot. And that was also intended to help assassin scale better into the late game. Yep. I'm. I'm really glad. I don't know. We'll see. We'll enjoys see. our uh, Hydras on Hunters podcast. Uh, I'll test it for you. Thank there you. There you go. That's what. That's what we want to hear. Hmm. Also, this is my second thought. Looking at this, the unevolved Soul Eater art next to the evolved Soul Eater art, this is a very easy I sleep woke meme. Because uh, <laughs> it's like darkened and then like eyes lit up. Uh, so someone else get on that, please. Um, that's going to... This bug has been going too long already. <laughs> what do you mean? Last item for us to talk about, Bloodforged. Uh, how about this? You know, I, I think that it's really funny. I see it in other MOBAs all the time, like League players, like... They they are so keyed in on like what each stat is worth in gold like monetarily. Bloodforge this buff is very exciting and very cool, but I think it's so funny. Decrease cost from twenty eight hundred to twenty seven fifty, so it's fifty gold cheaper, and added five percent movement speed all the time. So you heard it here first. The official amount of gold that five percent movement speed is worth is negative fifty gold. Uh, that's definitely not the case no, right i know i'm trolling <laughs> yeah. i'm trolling too much but yes that uh, is funny though to think of it like that uh five percent movement speed on blood forge this has got to feel so good for like mercury and that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. oh man mercury with blood forge already feels great it's gonna feel even better with the five percent movement speed i think could this be, be a hunter item barra yeah oh yeah 100 yeah, percent, bro any like okay. movement speed i can get to like we've seen this on hunters from from metas from time to time as well already mm-hmm. yep yeah, I think, like, if you need the early rush against someone who's going, like, Crusher and you can save up for the Bloodforge spike, the movement speed gives it so much value. And if I can get away with, say, like, Hachi going, like, Cal and Bloodforge and I can have, like, that much extra movement speed in lane in the 1v1, that's got to be sick. Like, that's got to feel good. Mm-hmm. Blood yeah, this item, I mean, just that extra... That extra movement speed all the time is going to be a big deal for a lot of assassins, mm-hmm. not just ones like Mercury who need the... But Mer- I mean, hey, Mercury is making a little bit of a comeback because of that change we can now made you look over walls. Yep. So maybe we see more of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think this was another item that seemed like a casual fan favorite, but was never ever really that good. Mm-hmm. So um, really, we were going to put just the movement speed on it probably, but then we were like, man, it's expensive, but we can't take too much off it because it's already yep. getting a really good stat. So I guess we just we did the absolute minimum we would be we normally be able to do, which is. A little strange, but you know, it feels feels good to have. No, I, as I, a treat, fifty def- gold as a treat. 
50 gold is a treat, and you also get your 5% movement speed. It should, should feel very good. Um, so hopefully you're equipped on the gods that you are comfortable on whenever Season 9 launches, um, and all these changes have gone through. We will be going over gods next time, because, again, there's there's so many, and we're already over an hour for uh, for this podcast. You usually so. try to keep it to an hour? Yeah. We were told initially, <laughs> we were told initially, like, yeah, 30 to 45 minutes for this podcast. We are like, oh, that's easy. We have never had a 30-minute podcast in over a year of doing this. Well, I don't listen to a lot a lot of podcasts, but I feel like none of them are under an hour long. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, like I every get podcast I listen to is like an hour and a half to two hours long. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think other items funny. other items from the PTS2, you can't just uh, oh, skip true. out on those. Spectral Armor got nerfed quite heavily. Yep. Um, Let's go. It was nerfed twice. Yeah. Um, once oh. by a small amount, and then a further time um, to all the way to... Uh, 30%, I believe, um, of its wow. crit reduction from 55, which is the full 25 to balance out with the crit yeah. um, passive, which there was a lot of changes where we didn't necessarily nerf things to the same tier as the exact crit change was um, because there's going to be some complexities there and just doing everything one-to-one doesn't necessarily have the results you want and potentially over-nerfs things or whatever before they start, but... Either way, there was a lot of going on with that. There were some other gods that were adjusted with that, but we're not talking gods, we're talking yeah. items. A lot of relics were nerfed in PTS, which is something you should take a look at. Yep. Uh, Typhon's Fang, um, a little bit of extra healing from that um, going down 5%, as well as the Blackthorn uh, change, which we did talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's all of the item changes, although make sure when you read the patch notes to scroll down and read the PTS changes because there's a lot of important stuff down there. Many completely new gods being changed that weren't in the um, initial launch, as well as the change to the uh, Conquest Jungle Start spawn time and spawn order Yes, um, big change. in the PTS section, which is a, a big one. So make sure to read that before you show up on Tuesday or you might be a little confused. Yes, plenty <laughs> of reading to do. You've and got- a lot of people missed it because we put it in PTS, but you know, is uh sorry sorry about that but definitely worth a look yep mm-hmm. you got you got your homework before season nine launches yep. uh so study up chat study up get ready to go should be very fun um and all we've got left to do today is do our random question of the week which i actually thought of this time so i don't have to spend three minutes sitting <laughs> wow. here thinking uh hum- there's uh, that preparation yeah, i was told about yeah oh i do a lot of it for sure ha 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 anyways um you know, tomorrow, uh, it, this is actually pretty rare. I'm kind of going to burn you guys and myself at the same time. It is very rare that in the Smite scene, I could have a podcast where I have two people who are older than me uh, on the <laughs> show with me. I feel like I'm part of the, part of the. Uh, look, we're all in this, this together, fellas, okay? That's what okay, I'm Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, right? you, thank you, thank you. And tomorrow is my birthday. I turn 30 tomorrow. I'm fine. I'm out of my 20s starting tomorrow. So I wanted to ask you guys specifically, uh, mm-hmm. Talk to me about the 30s and how it's been going for you guys so far. You know, how, what what do I? This is a selfish random question of the week to get me prepped oh, okay. for my next uh, for my next decade. Do you want to go first, Ajax? Or do you want me to go first? No, you go first. Um, so I feel basically the exact same <laughs> as my late 20s. Uh, I don't really feel like a lot different, man. I guess just because I'm 31 now, like mm-hmm. I. It's not, it's not a big difference, and I've been taking way better care of my body as I hit my 30s than I did right in my late it. 20s. So I'm feeling better now, and I I mean, I'm trying to think of like any like bad things that have happened. I don't know. I feel, Sounds like I feel 30s pretty good. Awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of... Okay, late 20s and early 30s, your metabolism starts slowing down, so you start getting the reality check in the face of, like... Been there. Huh, this, this ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so then, right when I hit 30, I was like, I gotta start getting in shape again. I gotta start taking care of myself, so... It was kind of just like probably a good thing for me, I guess, to mm. kind of reality check myself in the face. Yeah, and yeah, that's so a good one. thirty's going good. Okay. 30, 30, 31 is going good. That's, uh, that's I think, encouraging. I think Bear was totally on point where he said it doesn't really feel any different because let me tell you, like it the the thirties hit me big time <laughs> because I got married, bought a house, had a kid having another kid all within the last like four years, and I'm I just turned thirty four. Uh huh. Wow. So I essentially, I don't know, I turned 30 and I was just, sign me up for all that adult stuff. You know, I just like went <laughs> went to the went to some government agency and st stamped my name on something that was like, I'm ready. Uh, and it still doesn't feel that different. You know, I still forget that you're four years younger than me. I still work with people who are in their early 20s and I don't even notice a difference. I'm just like, you know, happy to talk to them. They're, they're interesting people. I, I mean, I love my work and my team and everything like that. And it's like, being maybe being around so many young people makes me not feel old but i have no idea if they perceive me as like being really old or not yeah like that's always something i wonder is like you know i, I show up and like talking about the latest you know meme or video game trailer or something with people on my team who are much much younger than me and like it feels totally normal to me it's just like another day at work but i have no idea if they're just like dang how does old man ajax know what <laughs> even know what that is but yeah uh so maybe that's the only thing is you start to wonder about how people perceive you, if they perceive you as old or not. But from your perspective, it's it's all the same stuff. You know, it's all about just what you choose to do. So that's yep. fair. You know, Mifflin, if you choose to have a kid, it'll feel different. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell sure. you that. Yeah, I think Mifflin is the only person that I would always notice is like, oh, that guy's definitely way younger than me. But Mifflin's just in a league of his own in a lot of respects. Uh Shout out to Mifflin. Uh, yeah, how old is Mifflin? See, I don't perceive that at all. He may you know? as well be 17 years old to me. I don't know. He he's he's above 21. <laughs> I know that, but uh, okay, that's about mm -hmm. it. I think he's like 22 or 23. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just something working in the games industry makes it makes it feel like it keeps you young because you have to keep up up in touch with all of this young people stuff. True. Like kind of have to. Yep. Um, even though like I still you know don't keep up with everything. It's impossible. There's just too much things going on, but. That just maybe that maybe helps. Yeah. Maybe if you're asking someone who didn't work work with you like like me and Bear do, you might get different answers. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. Speaking of keeping up with stuff, AJ, new Pokemon comes out end of this week. Are you? Uh, are you? Gonna I know my backlog is so full though, man. I got a bunch of games for Christmas. I just beat Returnal. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm working through Metroid Dread now. Uh, oh, Metroid was I've awesome. Got, I never finished yeah, it. I really need to. I'm I don't know how far I am through it, but I put a good bit into it. I'm definitely definitely gonna finish it. I don't want to get distracted even before. I'm trying to finish it by before Tuesday actually. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I want to play the new Pokemon. I know that a lot of the uh, Reddit hates it, which makes me want to buy it even more. Yep. Um, yeah. I was trying to figure out what game. Every single time Reddit has a perception of game development, it's by default wrong. So right. Um, that means the game is gonna be awesome. Yep. Uh, I, I um, am intentional, but I, I you know I'm a huge Pokemon all, fan, but like, I'm still probably gonna wait a little bit. I have mm -hmm. not, uh, I have not watched any trailers, read any reviews. Um, I find those to be very unhelpful oh, yeah. to me, unless I'm like on the fence about buying it. Um, but Pokemon has uh, has earned my earned my initial trust at the very least. Um, 
and I'm going to be Yeah, you know I'm a huge Pokemon fan, and I do want to play it. I tend to play more competitive battling, though, in Pokemon, which I feel like this is a new game. It's not really going to have that, right? Not in a traditional sense. Sure. Because um, it's, kind of it's kind of a new combat system. I don't even know if it has player versus player battles. Oh, um, interesting. I don't even know if it does, honestly. But I, has, oh. I haven't read much about it either. Right. Um, I have no but idea. I do want to play it. I just might not play it right at launch because my backlog is so big right now. And I'm trying to get through some games, but I might get through it. Uh, I'm just always, and then I gotta for... clear. I gotta save space for uh, Elden Ring. Ah, yes, of course. Um, I I have to I have to get get through a, a good portion of it before uh, Horizon Zero Dawn two comes out. Um, that's that's another one I'm really excited for, but I probably won't play right at launch. Oh, catch me, catch me slamming day one. I absolutely cannot. Wait. It was really good. I played the first one really late. I waited till the PC port. Yep. Um. And I really liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's my um, favorite open world single player game I've ever played. It's. Uh, I say I still think Ghost of Tsushima is better in that category, but only by a slight amount. That game is great too. They're both well and above all the other open world games, single player games, in my opinion. Agreed. Top Me and Agra have already had this conversation yeah, before. Those are times. definitely the best two. Yep, they're they're absolutely unbelievable. Okay, that's enough. We've been talking for too long, <laughs> uh, and I want to watch what's happening in this Bills Chiefs game because apparently it's going crazy. So thanks everyone for watching. Oh, yeah. Enjoy <laughs> season nine launch. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks again, AJ, for coming on, um, and we will catch you guys next week when we can talk some season nine actual impressions of some of these gods and that kind of stuff. Uh, give us a follow, and rating, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, read your patch notes. Uh, Lord knows you need to, because I know you I didn't do to. a single ad break during my section during nope. this section. Not today, AJ. We were we were. I, I'm full. flattered by that, actually. We had to we had Aww. to keep it keep it uh, nice and tight, just like you can't. Never mind. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about how I just shaved before I came on the show, just to give you an opening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trolling. All right, thanks everyone. We'll catch you next time, uh, Barry. You know what to do. Bye. That was good. I'll take it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.